uh, Shoti mentioned it's been, I think, what, what did he say, since 2004 that the Kings have been in the two, two seed in the Western Conference. You know that this team in 37 years has finished first or second one time. Wow. And it's 37-year wow. Sacramento history. Jeez. They have finished in the top two seeds once. And that was 2002. They were the ones. And that threw me too. I was like, wait a minute. What about? Nope. There's Dallas. There's like, there's Dallas's and LA's and there's San Antonio's and you'll see threes and four. One time. It was just 2002. They were the one seed, had home court all the way through. The next year, they were the, they had to be the three three. seed because they started in Dallas Mm -hmm. in that second round series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, lots of work to do before they finish uh, in a two spot or a three spot or even a four spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we mentioned, and, and I still don't think we have an official word uh, from the Phoenix Suns regarding uh, Kevin Durant. He was seen, uh, he did leave the arena yesterday in a walking boot. I'm not a doctor. I stayed at a Holiday Inn once. He's How was that? not the best. <laughs> That's fine. No, Holiday Inn is fine. Um, Segment soon being sponsored by Holiday Inn. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not playing Saturday. No. Heck no. I'm also going to say I don't care. No, That Phoenix Suns team is still very good. They're really good. They were playing good basketball um, ever since the trade before he got there. <laughs> Booked like KD out. All-star break. Book, 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 book was like, KD is out? Oh, that's cool. I'll go drop 44 or whatever it was. He said it's nothing. So, yeah, they're going to be tough to play. On Saturday, regardless of what yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the walking boot, you know, kind of precautionary, but it's never a good thing. I saw LeBron in a walking boot the other day, and he had the little uh, scooter. I saw the scooter. Yeah, I saw Scooter LeBron. You know, LeBron got a f- flair for the dramatic. I'm looking, it's still a while before, um, yeah, it's not till early next month when the Kings play the Mavericks next. Uh, but Luca looks like he's going to be dealing with something. Uh, no structural damage. Uh, MRI came back clean, but we were watching him last night, and he he was not moving well. He was clearly in pain. Yeah. So this is a pain management situation, man. That's going to be tough because he looked like he was hurting last yeah. night before he was finally removed from the game. Uh, no games left against the Pelicans. The Wolves will be interesting. The, the Kings play the Timberwolves at the end of the month. Carl Anthony Towns got to come back at some point. Yeah, or uh, maybe not. Well, the uh, the uh, the original report was ten to fifteen games left in the season. Mm. We're getting really, really close to that. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, that Minnesota Timberwolves game um, all, at, at the Golden One Center on March twenty seventh is that's six games left. I don't know what it'll be for Minnesota, but it's not going to be far from that. No, no. So. There's a, I mean, there's just so much going on. I misspoke. There is one game against the Pelicans. My apologies. April fourth, Kings play, New at, at New Orleans. Yeah. 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 So Ingram, Zion. I mean, I, 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 Zion's not playing. Look, one week, two weeks, three weeks. Four, Zion's not playing in that game. Mm-mm. Wow. I don't know what happens with New Orleans. The biggest injury might be the Stephen Adams one. That's crazy. Talking about Ingram, Luca, Katie. The biggest one might be because it feels like, and we went through the numbers yesterday. 16 and 13 started the year, 7 and 13 uh, since their nine game winning streak ended. That seems to be the one that has had the greatest impact to the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that one, he- hearing everything about 
that injury, what did he get, like stem cell injection? Or I don't, I don't, I'm probably misspeaking, but that didn't sound good. It's reevaluated in four weeks. Anything that he yeah. had, whatever procedure he had to get done, geez, I, that don't sound great. That's a good point. The reevaluation stuff, I think, always throws people, oh, he'll be back in such and such amount of weeks. Nope. That's then, not what it said. And, and and we'll talk about this a little bit more. But then, like, that's just when they're able to come back. Stem- now you're talking about stamina. Yeah. They're talking about cohesiveness with your teammates. Yep. You're talking about all this stuff, getting in basketball shape, getting in the groove of stuff. Like, I look at, like, somebody like Chris Middleton. Uh, Chris Middleton, I think he had off-season knee surgery or something like that. Chris Middleton hasn't looked right to me all season long. Yeah. As, as late as last week, he was – like on a minutes restriction. Yeah. And coming off the bench. Like, who knows, like, when these guys are actually able to play, what it's going to look like. I always remember talking to South Carolina coach Don Staley had a, a, a scope. And they play these scopes off like they're nothing. She, she said, like, you don't feel – like, if you get it during the season, you're not going to feel normal. Mm-hmm. If you get it approaching the season, you're not going to feel normal. It's going to be months, more than likely a year – before you start this is a scope this isn't an acl repair this isn't all of that other stuff that they, it's where they, they oh we'll just go in there. it's the cleanup yeah we'll just go in there and clean up forgetting like yo you're, you're cutting somebody open mm. you're not going to feel normal mm. but we put these timelines on people and then we wonder why when they come back it looks a little bit off yeah that's why uh we'll come back man we are far far from done matt george uh final hour Brian Anderson on the call, NBA on TNT, Kings, Knicks, tonight. We'll talk to him next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC continues, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Brian Anderson set to join us in just a couple of minutes. He is on the call tonight the NBA on TNT, the Kings, and the Knicks. I want to remind everybody, or perhaps tell you for the first time, that D'Lo and KC are doing their first ever live show Ooh-wee. from Sky River Casino in Elk Grove next Friday, one week from tomorrow. Uh, we are going to do this radio show live uh, at their sports bar. We're super excited. We're going to have all the uh, tournament games going on. Uh, the Kings play the Brooklyn Nets the night before, mm-hmm. uh, so we're breaking that down. Uh, I still haven't figured out if we're having live Drake bars or not. Oh, uh, it's a little, little pressure's a little <laughs> bit different when you got the a live lights. audience, man. But can you imagine <laughs> the pop? I might, Could, I might get out of my seat, grab the mic, be like, "Hey." <laughs> well, I mean, Young Zell's coming through. We might, we might have oh, that's to have Drake one bars of those. right there. We might, we, we, hey, well. We got to get a win first. The Kings got to get a win. They got your boy too. You worry about. Gotta make sure your boy don't go crazy. Yeah, you. I, I feel like you're doing to throw shade at. No, Bridget. I'm like, giving you props. Bad. You, you were on it early. I was a little skeptical. I'm still not sold, but he's Bridges killing is, right yeah, now. Bridges is a bad. He dude. He is killing. He is a bad dude. So is Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson, kind enough to join us. He's on the call tonight uh, for the Kings and the Knicks. Hey, Brian, you might be good luck, man. Things worked out really well the last time. Uh, the TNT crew was here, so I need you to bring some of that mojo. Look, the similarities, Sacramento, Golden One Center, a New York team, and TNT. need you to bring that same Man. energy tonight, Brian. I think the sample size might not be large <laughs> enough yet to go there. 1-0 and is probably 
I don't really want to get into the announcer standings, though. That's that's a bad that's a bad place for me to be. I'll just I'll just say that up front. But we love coming here, and I'm glad the Kings are are relevant and they're winning, and they're going to be uh, on display heavily in the playoffs. And so this will be a familiar stop for us for sure. I think the Kings have some staying power, and you know I think you're going to have years of success here. Is my guess. You know, Brian, uh, in that in that game against the Nets, you know, I went back and I was listening to the broadcast, and I thought you did a a great job just in general. But you also did a great job of kind of painting the picture. Like uh, you said a couple times, you're like, hey, you know, it's a national TV game. It may not mean so much to a lot of other cities, but it's a big deal out here. They're ready to go. Uh, they're ready to show what this team is about. And I, I just thought you did a really good job of painting that picture of what it was like here in Sacramento for that national TV game. Are you getting the same vibe here this time around? That like, you know, it's still a pretty big deal that they're on national TV. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, we're honored to be here. You know, it's um, we we know that when we show up, it's it's for a reason, and it's typically teams that you know draw big ratings if they're not a winning team, or it's teams that are going to be in the playoff picture. And you know, that's what our we love the regular season, but the, the reason we all do this is for the, the postseason. And, um, you know, for me, I, I came from San Antonio, so I, I know I spent eight years as a sideline reporter with the Spurs, you know, in another lifetime. And I know what it's like to kind of be forgotten and what it feels like forgotten in the in the big ocean of the NBA. And, you know, the Spurs started winning championships my first year as the reporter in 99. So, I was there for the first four, and I saw how that whole narrative changed. And, I, and you know, so I'm sympathetic to that, and I understand what it means to people to have us come to town or ESPN and ABC, and uh, there's going to be a lot of that coming up. I mean, it's going to be um, a great showcase for the city, um, the revitalized downtown, this great arena. I mean, the, the crowds here are tremendous. As you guys know, we love that whole feel and vibe of this building and the noise of it all. And so um, we're we're excited to document and report everything we see and uh, try to give it to a national audience. So we, we couldn't be happier uh, than to get Sacramento on the schedule a few more times. No, well, we couldn't be happier to have you, and we couldn't be happier with this game. This has turned into a, a, a huge game with the Kings winning six of their last seven and the, the Knicks winning uh, nine of their last ten, dropping their last one to, to Charlotte. And, and, Brian, the thing that has stood out the most to us is this is Mike Brown and Tom Thibodeau. These are supposed to be two defensive-minded teams. We know very well in Sacramento – that's not the case, but uh, those who aren't following the Knicks as closely might be surprised to find out that's a top offense over there, too. It is. I will say, though, it's so hard to play defense now, um, even, you know, in the context of the uh, the defensive rating in the context with the regular um, season and the rest of the teams. I do think both of these teams are good defensive teams, and they will eventually show that in the playoffs. And I say that, especially for the Kings, in, in my opinion, um, they've been great in fourth quarters defensively. They've, they're a top 10 defensive team in the fourth quarter, or maybe just outside today. Their crunch time numbers are good. Like some of the deeper analytical pieces that show you they're good when they need to be. I know Mike Brown would love them to play at this kind of level of defense the whole game. And he's a defensive minded guy. 
I've, I've known Mike forever and was with him in San Antonio and when he was an assistant with us with Pop. But I, I, so I know where he's coming from. I will say, though, I think, I think it's uh, a team that scores a lot and has the pace that the, the Kings do and, and the passing that they have, the volume passing and body movement and ball movement. That's going to lead to more turnovers. That's going to lead to easier buckets. That's going to lead to a defensive rating that, you know, is not going to be at the top of the league or top 10. But I think when it gets more of a half-court game and when you start going possession by possession, and we'll find that out here shortly when you get into the playoffs, I think the Kings are uh, are going to be a better defensive team than most people realize. Yeah, Brian, you, you see the entire league and you see some of the great players in this league and some of the great duos. And they've got one here in Sacramento with DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. You've seen them before. Uh, I know you follow the league or whatever. What What's your take on where they are as a duo in this league? I mean, they're two legit all-stars, possible all-NBA guys, and they've been playing so well this year. Are they two of the best that you've seen in the league so far? Yeah, it's a great duo. I mean, they're elite for sure, and they, they deserve to have their names mentioned with uh, – the the top tandems in the league there because they're there and I would just say, you know, Sabonis for me is is really the guy that's unlocked everybody, not just Fox. And Fox is gonna get his. And Darren was is such a dynamic player that he he was gonna put up big numbers regardless. But from a team perspective, the really the lynch I pinned to the, the whole thing in my opinion is Sabonis because um, he's such a great passer. He's the center of the wagon wheel. He's you know, he's doing a lot what Draymond Green does with the Warriors. And, and, and you know, he's he's left-handed. He can score. He can shoot. He can drive. He can pass. And so, for me, um, he's been the real difference maker. And everybody's game has improved. You know, you look at what Kevin Herter has done. Um, I think Keegan Murray, you know, his ability as a rookie to shoot the way he has. But he's open a lot. And Sabonis and Fox create lanes. They create open shots. Um, they are such a vortex for everybody else that they are elevating everybody else's game. And, you know, that trade that went down last year, I think Sacramento took some criticism and um, we weren't really sure what that was going to end up being like. And, uh, but man, it's been the perfect fit. So kudos to their scouting department, kudos to those who kind of watch the bonuses game and, uh, in Indiana and realize like there's another level of his game that could fit with certain kind of pieces around him. And then they drafted appropriately, you know, with a shooter like Keegan Murray and with a defender like Mitchell. So now, now you're in the position where you're just plugging holes to be a championship caliber team. That's a great place to be as an organization because players want to come here. They know they have a chance to win a championship. You can really define roles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Fox and Sabonis, they have their place in the game. Uh, for me, Sabonis is the real is the real piece that has elevated everybody's game, though. And the way Brian laid that out, I think Kevin Durant might come here next. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He's looking for a championship. <laughs> all, 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 all joking aside, though, do, do you have a favorite in the Western Conference? I mean, we know – 
we know what's going on with you know the Josh situation. I, I think the Stephen Adams situation is just devastating for them. Uh, we're waiting for official word on what exactly happened to Kevin Durant last night. You got the Warriors lingering around. You always got to wonder if the Clippers are going to get it together. You got what appears to be the three-time MVP at the top of the conference. Like who? It, it, for for me, it feels like the conference is open. Like, who, who, do you have a favorite? I do. Well, I like Denver a lot. So, you know, for okay. me, they're the, the team that's next. And, you know, they're a couple of years ahead of where you guys are here in Sacramento. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Kings made a run either. I think, you know, we don't know, though. So we, we're in that find-out phase of Kings basketball. We, you know, they're going to have a great regular season no matter what. They're going to be a two or three seed, a home court seed uh, for sure. So then we get to find out, you know, and, and we've seen – Certain players deliver in the playoffs before. I mean, Kevin Herter had a, had a magical run with the Hawks a couple of years ago. I feel like Sabonis is going to be a, an excellent playoff performer just because of the way he plays the game and the style. But you're going to make have to make shots, and three-point shots are a lot more difficult in the playoffs. You know, just there's a lot more pressure on the shooting and – you know, it's the reason Mike Budenholzer doesn't really guard the three-point line in the playoffs. He mm-hmm. he dares you to do that four straight games or four games in a seven-game series, and it's really hard to do that. So that's a pretty standard theme, and, you know, the Warriors kind of bucked that trend and their amazing run, borderline dynasty with what they've done, um, making three-pointers. But I, I I think it's wide open, but I would say Denver is – on that list, I think um, I think the Warriors ultimately will make a little bit of a run, although my partner Stan Van Gundy's not so uh, bullish on the Warriors. I, I love the Clippers personnel, but I don't know. They, they just we've had so many of their games and they're uh, they're an enigma right now. So yeah. it's definitely wide open. If this was the year, I mean the Kings are young, they're generally healthy, they've got explosive players, they have pieces that fit. Um, I would not be surprised if the Kings caught fire and if they elevate and perform like, you know, you want to in the playoffs, they get through those waves and those nerves. Um, now all of a sudden, you know, maybe you got something here. Brian, we appreciate you carving out time for us uh, on a game day. We got a seat uh, right next to Stan Van Gundy on 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 the king's bandwagon for you come on we, we, brian we've got it it's a vip on, seat you and stan Van. he loves your team he loves your team believe me he was he was very excited about coming here and just this game and you know this is a great game for us because you have two teams and all their players play and they're really fun to watch and it's a great environment so yeah our whole crew is excited to be here well we're excited to see you and we're excited for the game tonight brian again thanks for joining yeah, us on the game you. day we appreciate it take care man yeah my pleasure That's Brian Anderson, NBA on TNT. Uh, He's on the call with Stan Van Gundy tonight, the Kings uh, and the Knicks. Um, West is super open, bro. I I know. I know. And I I just don't – I swear I'm not a hater. I'll admit when I'm a hater. Uh I have no – I just don't – I'm not – I don't see it in Denver. I, I, I maybe I'm looking it. at it wrong. Maybe I'm looking at Denver like because to me, like Denver, like you have to be one of the last two teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where my hang up is, and it's not necessarily them winning in the Western Conference or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. Yeah. I see it. It's but it's not inconceivable that it doesn't happen. Like I, I'd be, I'd be shocked. I'd be really, really shocked if. 
the East isn't represented by Milwaukee or Boston. I thought about saying Philly, but I'd, I'd be shocked if Philly. No uh, love for Donovan. Beat, yeah, I'd be shocked if they beat one of those shocked. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 I, I I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I'd expect. It's not inconceivable. I'd expect. I'd be surprised. Milwaukee and or or Boston, mm-hmm. but shocked if I'd, Cleveland did it. I'd be shocked if they okay. beat them either one of those teams four times. Okay. Not saying they can't. I'd I be you. shocked. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if Denver didn't make the finals. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I let, let me. Would anyone be surprised if any of the top six teams made the finals, including Sacramento, Denver, Sacramento? I'd be surprised if Dallas made it. Dallas isn't a top six team. Oh, That's my six? fault. It fluctuates, and I didn't. I didn't lay this out. I apologize. The top six teams as they stand right now: Denver, Sacramento, Memphis, Phoenix, Golden State. And the Clippers. Oh no, no, I wouldn't be surprised if any six of those teams. Neither would I. I'd be no, I take that back. I'd be surprised if Memphis made it. I'd be surprised if Memphis. I think Memphis is cooked. So if they made it, I'd be surprised. Memphis point's does still play well tonight. taken. We're still talking about for me at least five of the six teams. All you could see a, a path for them. Memphis and Golden State are the the curtain jerker for the Kings and the Knicks. <laughs> They're, they're the they're, they're the the Ray Mysterio who two Guerrero match for the they're the uh, what was his name Cartwheel Jim oh what was the guy it was Cartwheel they marched this guy out last night his name was like Cartwheel Jim or something bro it was like Dollar Tree Ultimate Warrior with no face paint and I, I don't know what they got with the overalls was, I was like but. I'm leaving like I'm absolutely leaving right now they marched out Cartwheel Jim. I'm 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 out of here. And some other he, guy who didn't even have a name. He did. He didn't even get introduced. Duke hit a sweet cartwheel though. <laughs> he he that that man did a cartwheel. You know whose favorite wrestler that would be? Huh. James Hams. <laughs> James would be like, you know who I really like? The guy who did the cartwheel. That dude was throwing fris- frisbees in the crowd. It would have been over. Strong leaping Lanny Poffo guys. Rest in peace from 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 uh, cartwheel Jim or whatever his name was. But. Your original point is well taken. Even if I don't believe in Memphis, I mean that's still five of the top six. I think all have a a, a, a real path to get into the NBA Finals. And I don't buy any of the the playing teams as a Finals contender. I don't either not the Timberwolves, certainly not the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks might be the worst of this group. Uh, Lakers? No, I, I I as a as a as a title contender. No, as a as as a Western Conference champion, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, and mind you, I'm I'm not OK Lake Show, but I do. I am the one of the show who thinks they are playing significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Pelicans, like it's just nothing, nothing is going right for that franchise. Mm-hmm. I saw something last night. And this is like what what we talk about when it's like, um, like Jack just, Cartwheel. Jack Cartwheel. <laughs> I hope that was really his name. <laughs> Tyler says it's Jack Cartwheel. When um, people talk about like, uh, oh yeah, just you know, some so and so is going to be there, and can you imagine playing them in the first round? They like to say that about the Pel- the Pelicans. Well, that's not how this works. I I can't. The Pelicans Zion hasn't played now. Yeah. In like three months. See that that that's yeah. And you're just like if if say for instance the Kings end up as the two seed. And the Pelicans win their playing game, the seven eight game, and they're in there as a seven seed. No, I'm not. Oh, I, I don't want to play the Pelicans. Like, yeah, no. bring it on. Yeah, yeah. like, no. It, but and 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 how many teams is that true for? 
because you've got the you've got the Pelican situation. Mm-hmm. You're going to have something with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. As crazy as this sounds, we've I've tried to outline this before. LeBron. There's a way you play with LeBron James that these guys who just came over haven't had to learn yet. Right. How much does that throw things off? Like you're every Kings fan old enough to understand this. Chris Webber was the Kings best player. Mm-hmm. But when they brought him back, it threw a lot of things off. And they had time together and it threw everything off. Now you got guys. Okay, guys, everyone's healthy. Go, go win. Go win a series. Go beat these teams at a solid. The one that I don't think this applies to is Kevin Durant. Yeah, I saw enough where it's like, now nah, Kevin's just going to walk in there and be fine. I agree. And Devin's going to be fine. And Chris Paul's going to be fine. And Monty Williams is, and everybody's going to be fine. You know, one thing, because I, I listened back to the end of the show yesterday that I wasn't able to be a part of. Um, and one thing I will say, because – I think you said it, James said it, about Kevin Durant and like them losing defenders, and but they have Kevin Durant. In theory, yes. But Kevin Durant was also on that Nets team last year that was like one of the worst defensive teams in basketball. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I'd have to dive into the the footage a little bit. More. I got to watch the tape well, a little bit more. Luke. But I don't know if I, KD is is that guy defensively anymore. So he's probably not, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that happens. Like, he's probably not that guy. Mm-hmm. But can he be that guy for a a high a, a game? Can he be a that guy game? for two or three games? I don't know. He wasn't that guy, Jesse, against Boston, because that's what it was against. Like, it was like, oh, you know. Uh, but is Phoenix a better defensive team than Brooklyn was? About the same, it feels like. I don't think Booker's this great defender. Chris Booker's Paul, not a great defender. Chris Paul's a, kind of a turnstile at this point in his career. I like um, um, what's my man, uh, Koji. How you say his name? Josh. Josh Koji. Yeah, Josh Koji. I like him. Um, and DeAndre Ayton, probably a rim protector. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. venture outside. You know, on the perimeter or nothing like that. So maybe, but I like Nick Claxton. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked well. Seth Curry wasn't a great defender, but you know, I I look at them almost about the same as that Nets team defensively. Maybe mm. a little better. Maybe a little better. Okay, because you got a Koji as, as opposed to Josh Air or Joe Harris, um, Nick Claxton. I like Nick. Claxton. I do like Nick Claxton. I think DeAndre Ayton's better. Yeah, in, in that regard, but I do like. Nick Claxton. I, I would take Claxton. Claxton's been Over most Aiden? of the season. Defensively, okay. He's been most of the season a defensive player of the year candidate. I'd take him defensively over Aiden. Mm-hmm. Who, so, who do you think was was last year's Brooklyn? This Suns team would be better, I think. Brooklyn, Brooklyn was the scary monster under the bed last year that people were expecting to do something but didn't. I think the Suns have more of a real opportunity to do something than Brooklyn last year. Well, I think so too. But I'm just saying, like defensive. One of the I, would, I would take why this Suns team. Like uh, Boston should have. This should be easy work. It's because they're like that Nets team didn't play no defense. Yeah, I think this Suns team is probably more well-rounded with defenders rather than the Nets team last year. I could dig that. I could dig that. Yeah, I I, I don't mean to you know frame them as uh, you know the top defensive team in the league. I just think there are things um, that KD can do defensively that are problematic. Completely understand. Um, And he's the only one who I think. 
I, I'm with you in the sense, I don't think Memphis is cooked, but I don't think Memphis is recovering. Maybe that's what cooked means. <laughs> like I take cooked as something, something a little more harsher. But maybe, maybe, maybe ultimately, we're saying the same thing. I don't see how they recover from this. Did you see uh, our man's uh, Draymond uh, uh, talking about Dylan Brooks? I wasn't gonna speak on it because everybody always think I got something bad to say about Draymond. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I'm Team Draymond on this one. Do you know what this is like? This is like. Um, this is like, uh, how do I put this? I don't know. This is like, this is like Murphy Lee and Sheik Luch having a argument. It is not. Like you guys aren't. Stop. You guys aren't the that. reason. It's not. You aren't the reason. No. Draymond out here running down all these accomplishments. Which one's Murphy Lee then? You could say Dylan Brooks is Murphy Okay. Lee. And Draymond right. is Elise Sheik. It's but still, like, bro, that's you're still not, way out of pocket. You're but. not like. You're not Jaden Styles P. Like you're not the reason the locks is who they are. So what are you what are you what are you talking about here? I I think I think that's a little extra. Like Dylan, Dylan Brooks is not Draymond Green. He's not even close to Draymond Green. I thought Draymond Green eviscerating was fun. There was no it was fun. And I understand people who, who like Draymond Green or, you know, appreciate it. I, I understand that. But Draymond, you acting like we didn't just see you crying about people in Boston <laughs> a couple months ago. You was crying. He was. You was putting crying. up two, three, and and one and getting benched. Like Willie Green crying. He wasn't crying. This dude. This dude was. Remember that big... man's resurgence game where he had eight points. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Game six, Draymond or something like that. Draymond comes out the second half, hits a jump shot, just a regular jump shot. Oh, he's back! Draymond's he's back, back, baby. <laughs> Talk about Draymond. He's back. See, like, I was, dude. This dude, this dude listening. No way. A fourth, fourth time champion. Like, bro, you you were the reason why they were losing until Aww. they benched your ass against Boston, and then they start cooking. Well, he's at least a three-time champion. <laughs> this dude, that's that's what killed me. Like, all right, bro. Like, I you, get it. you you think you think the you think the Warriors win all four titles without Draymond Green? They absolutely win three. Wow. You can make the argument wow. at 15. I, at 15, you can say whatever you want. If you want to say they couldn't win without Draymond, wow. that's whatever. Oh, wait, but, I'm forgetting. I completely forgot Kevin Durant was that's on all, That's champion. what I always be saying. That's, me. that's my bad. That's what that's I That's my bad. I completely he, Dray, forgot. Draymond didn't do a damn completely thing last forgot. year. I right? got he, you. he didn't do nothing last year. I got you. And then the you. other two were with KD. I you mean com- KD, Clay, and Steph ain't winning a, a championship? I, I forgot. That's he, me. Let's <laughs> let's regroup. Let's leave Draymond alone. I meant to praise Draymond because I thought it was funny. I laughed as he was doing that. You Just notice, you notice he didn't, sentence. he didn't, he didn't, he wanted to address all the quotes. He didn't address what it would look like if he was on another team. He didn't address that quote. Well, he he did because we all know what time it is. Okay, Dylan was speaking facts in that respect. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is never. And then he talked about I, I'm the reason for the defense, bro. You guys got one of the worst defense in the league this year. Maybe Mike Brown was the reason for it. Now that not can, you. Maybe that I can get behind. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get back to uh, man. So for. We don't have any guests. This is the first time the whole show. Oh, we got to run the Fred Fred Van Fleet sound. Oh, shout out to we, America's we gotta, hero. We got to run that sound. You'll hear what Fred Van Fleet had to say after a rather frustrating outing last night when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. 
Told y'all don't let this team be good. Man, well, here we are on national television uh, for the second time uh, this year. Second time did against you, the New York team. Did you see the game that got bumped out? Not a bad game anymore. I can't remember what it was. Brooklyn at Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, it's not a bad game at all. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a bad game, so they got it the hell up out of there, but it's actually not a bad game at all. No. Um, oh, well, that ain't our problem. No, it's not our problem. We busy. Milwaukee got enough. You got Hoover Toot and Ray Mysterio coming on at 4.30 <laughs> with, uh, with the Warriors and, and, and Grizzlies. Uh, and then you got the main event, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Uh, live from the Golden One Center. JV and Varsity. And that's what it is. <laughs> Don't act like you're surprised or unbearable. Come on, man. Uh, Fred Van Fleet turned out to be the hero that we all need. Well, all right. That's wait a minute. That's the, that's, that's not the that's not the edited one. Stand by. That is not the one I was listening to this morning. Jesse, you all right in there? I was like, oh, we played it. He this, found the Yeah, that's the Fred Van Fleet to the list. That's the one I had. This, where's the one I had this morning? Stand by. Let me find it. See, now I don't know which one it is. My heart is pumping right now. Oh, I don't know which one it is. Oh, man. Just I had a clean version find, of it. Find it and, and send it to us. And it just... Yeah, just show me what tag it, it, it. You know who? I think I know who it was. I'm just not really interested in in finding out again. Oh no! I think it was this one. Because look at you know you know look at the look at the view the different in view count. Oh, four point five million. People don't want to hear that. Uh, people don't uh, edited. People don't want to hear the one without the uh, non explicit <laughs> uh, lyrics on it. <laughs> we'll 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 just say uh, my guy had something to say about the officials. Uh, and about a particular mm. official last night uh, calling Ben Taylor out by name, and he is going to get fined. He acknowledged it. He's going to get fined uh, pretty hefty for that. And it needed to be said. Yeah, and, 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 and Jesse, you know, made this point where I feel like the officiating noise is getting a lot louder. Mm-hmm. The poor officiating noise is getting a lot louder. Because it's, it's bad. And, you know, one of the things – that I'm not feeling is, you know, you got people out here, oh, it's, it's tough. It, it's a hard job. And, they, and they're kind of pacifying them and justifying their poor performance. No. Yeah. You guys need to be better. It's not okay. Yeah. It's not just, oh, it's a tough job. Don't worry about being better. You guys have to be way better. You have to be better with how you call the game. You have to be better with how you communicate with the players and officiate the game. Officiating the game is more than just calling fouls and travels, mm-hmm. right? It's how you you communicate and make sure the game flows properly. How you talk to um, how you talk to the players out there to make sure. Hey, you're holding a little bit out there. I'm, I'm gonna let that go this time, but I, I got to call it so they can make the adjustment. You know what I mean? Somebody come and talk to you, uh, get upset maybe at a at a call. Now, Fred. Calm down. Let's talk about this. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. I can't have you yelling at me. Mm-hmm. All right? I'm sure you do all that. But just the look, gives us the technical audit, they got to be better. The only one, one of the only ones that I ever see seeming to have, like, a real dialogue and relationship, and I always forget the young lady's name. I'm sorry, but the, the lady with the curly ponytail. Mm-hmm. 
She talks to these guys. She communicates. When it's time to be firm and solid, she'll do that. But it seems like there's a dialogue back and forth, and they respect that. I think officials, like most of us, have egos. And so when they're questioned, they it's a shot at their ego. And they are responding in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like Adam Silver told, of all people, Sage Steele, um, that, you know, no, officials are disciplined. We all, we've, we've heard forever, you hear it in the NFL, it influences playoff assignments and all those different things. Well, when, when Fred Van Fleet is an, an, an inevitably fined, hmm. it's going to be very public. Make this stuff public with officials. You want the transparency with this phony last two-minute report. Well, no. You say you discipline officials. Make it public. Yeah. Make make these. What did you do about Scott Foster's behavior? Mm-hmm. You suspended. You brought up the Tim Duncan thing. Mm-hmm. I think Joey Crawford was suspended I for think that. He was too. If memory serves me correctly, Joey Crawford. And that was the most tenured official in the league at yep. the time, or certainly close to it. Yep. And that needs to be the norm. Yeah. There needs to be public discipline for and look, this isn't about missed calls, like losing sleep over the Jason Tatum foul. Like, that's not what this is about. It's about regularly poor officiating and the demonstrative behavior towards players mm-hmm. that they can't get away with doing mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Scott Foster clip from the other night is the wildest one. The, he was, That's one of the wildest ones in he recent He was unhinged. That was, that was embarrassing for the league. That was embarrassing for the league to see him behaving like that. Mm, mm, mm. Jesse can't find the censored clip, so we're just not going to hear from Fred Van Fleet. Filthy, Maybe I'm so used to hearing the word, I just didn't even think nothing of it. Filthy McNasty. Says I love hearing Casey take on refs, especially after seeing him ref practice with your teeth. You got me confused. I ain't no referee. <laughs> I ain't been no referee. <laughs> got me confused, filthy. And then shout out to Will Z. <laughs> Y'all see Ben Taylor is refing the Kings game tonight. Oh damn. <laughs> well, oh, I hope brother. I hope De'Aaron's listening. Someone let De'Aaron know. <laughs> So, so, someone let Mrs. Fox know. Be up. Just write the check now, because <laughs> De'Aaron might sneeze and get a technical foul tonight. Jeez, man. Yeah. What a buzzkill Will Z turned out to be. That yeah. guy's at the Golden One Center tonight. Ugh. That's all right. I'll be down courtside with Kenny before the game starts. I'll send Kenny to have a talk with him. Yeah, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. I was watching uh, Tulsa King last night. I'll talk to him. You're gonna get teed up. You're going to get thrown out. You're going to get the Westbrook treatment. They're going to talk to him. They're going to show you the door. Like I said, I don't slice them on. I don't care how close your seats are, sir. <laughs> you have to leave.